Hello, welcome. This is the API The Docs podcast, episode 3. On the 13th of May, we hosted Sarah Day, senior technical writer at LaunchDarkly, showing how to go about overhauling a legacy documentation set. And as Sarah said, incorporating the role of technical writing within the larger ecosystem of the company while you're at it. We also welcomed Riley Siebel, Director of Developer Experience at C3.ai, presenting their new developer portal, together with Mark Winberry, who is Senior Director of US Operations at Pronovix. When I asked them about the red thread to follow through their presentation, Mark said this, I think part of the keys to our success that I hope people will take away is to not to let the complexity of your own systems carry away from trying to deliver a better developer experience and to implement something that will make everyone's life better, like a good DocOps process with Docs as Code. And just the importance of good teamwork. My name is Laura Vosch, one of the founders of the API The Docs conference. And to my great delight, the speakers of this session brought with them advanced case studies on developer portal documentation about managing the process of change in an already existing and daringly complex situation. I find case studies riveting because we can hear how people deal with actually universal problems within their own specific context. You are now going to hear the Q&A portion of the API The Docs virtual conference session from the 13th of May. It sounds like you had the support of leadership for your project at the beginning. Do you have any advice for writers in a larger organization who must get buy-in at multiple levels of leadership? How to build yeah. understanding and support from other departments to help drive advocacy when getting buy-in? Yeah. Um, sorry, I cut you off there. I, I read this in the chat and it really resonated with me because I've definitely worked at organizations um, before where people understand the value of documentation as kind of a checkbox. Like we need to have this because developers care about it without a lot of really um, personal understanding or investment in how the docs outcomes look. Um, uh, I think there are a few different ways you can get buy-in. Um, one of the speed bumps that I think you hit frequently is um, people, people don't understand the impact that making a change to documentation can have both internally in terms of people who are using and writing the docs and also externally to like customers. So if you have data to make your argument, which can be really hard to get in docs, that can be really helpful. Um, I've also found that reducing choice uh, when you give an idea to other people helps get you a, a response more quickly, like a yes or no response. So for example, we did a project at work a couple weeks ago to redesign the docs homepage and I called in the um, marketing team because I know, sorry, my roommate's about to go behind me. Um, I know the uh, um, uh, the docs page, the docs homepage is super visible, and the marketing team would probably care about like presenting the product correctly, uh, using the language that they like, and all that stuff. So I looked at their um, language guidelines. I wrote first draft coffee copy for the marketing or the homepage on the docs site, and I gave it to the marketing writer. And I was like, "What do you think of this? Does this work?" And she said, "Yes." And that saved us the time of her having to get in consult with design or asking her to write something herself. All we had to do was say, this is what it would look like. Do you like it? Um, and just like removing, 
removing complexity and removing um, anything that might require more intellectual work from people who you're trying to get buy-in from can really help. So if you come sort of preloaded to a conversation with reasons about why you should do something, uh, that can help at least get a faster answer. Sometimes that answer is no, because the thing that you want to do is just not in line with company priorities, but that at least can make things, that can accelerate things. Yeah. Mark, uh, Riley, do you have different perspective on this? I don't know if I have a different perspective. Um, I think also this question resonates really well with me and what Sarah said about having data and if you can find data to back your back up your point. I mean, it's hard to argue with numbers, right? So at C3, um, I run the developer experience team, which includes documentation, training, and developer tools. And so I'm sort of responsible for being the voice of the developer. So what I did was reach out to a bunch of our customers and ask them, what is the number one thing or number three things that are preventing you from increasing usage of the C3 platform. If you were not, if you were going to recommend C3 to someone else, what would be the thing that would prevent you from doing that? I went out and interviewed a bunch of customers and came back with the answer. And it was make the docs easier to access. I don't want to have to log into the platform. Uh, I want to be able to share with other people in my team who aren't, who don't have a seat license to the platform. So they can't log in. And, but I'm trying to sell internally to another group within my company that they should use C3. And so if I had a website I could point them to, that would be really helpful. And so I came back with transcripts of recordings from customers and said, this is what the customers are asking for. You know, they're not asking for a new application. They're not asking for a new tool. They want better docs. So let's go spend some money and fix the docs. Mark? I don't think I have anything to add there, especially at Pronovix. The projects are, are coming to us. So I guess there's one thing I would add. Um, part of um, developing a good dev portal strategy is coming up with your strategy. And part of that strategy uh, should include doing some metrics on your dev portal. And those usage metrics are going to tell you volumes about how accessible your documentation is to your audience. And... By having that, you're going to have some of those data points that Riley talked about and Sarah talked about to take to management. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from all of you is translated to psychology. If you want to get buy-in from somebody else from a different department, speak their language and identify what they want fulfilled. Totally. And also, I think... The more siloed a documentation team is, the easier it is to lose empathy for your coworkers, um, especially for somebody in like Riley's position. Management has a lot more stuff going on than whatever your project is. If you like just simplify it, make it as easy for them to understand and agree to as possible. Don't make them think. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I think that as, as Sarah mentioned, presenting a clear choice uh, with a very clear cost and a clear outcome with supporting evidence is very helpful to get to. You don't want to have to come back to the CEO again with clarifying answers. You want to show up with the answers, with the numbers and the outcome. If you have quotes from customers or in our case, the sales team uh, also, you know, that's very helpful. Yeah. From Mark Green, have you done any research to all three speakers or thinking about where to host an API's docs compared to the API itself. They have been thinking about all the options recently, docs.api.domain.com or 
api.domain.com slash docs or docs.domain.com. They would like to hear your thoughts about this. Uh, well, I, I can take a, a stab at it. You know, our platform is a little different in that we're not offering necessarily APIs. We're offering a, a runtime, like an operating system that you can deploy on Azure, AWS, Google, or on your data center. And you can define and create your own APIs. So each of our customers' APIs are actually hosted at their own domain that they define. But I think of Docs as being part of the developer experience, right? That's my lens. And so I really think that having an integrated developer portal that contains docs, training, community, forums, whatever it is you're going to have is a great strategy to just have one place where all your developers go. And so, I mean, for us, that's developer.c3.ai. I mean, you'll find developer.apple.com, right? I think that that's a pretty good strategy. And I think the more that docs can feel a part of an integrated experience, leading you to training, training taking you to docs, community posts with links to docs and vice and, and so forth, the more you build like a developer community around documentation, training, et cetera. I like developer.c3.ai. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I personally think that that's probably the best pattern. I think people are accustomed, developers especially, are accustomed to looking for that developer.domain. I think that in terms of, uh, I'm, I'm thinking through some of the recent customers at Pronovix, and uh, I think all the ones that spring to mind are developer.domain. Yeah, but it's already a set trend. So something like that. fight against that. Yeah. 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 Sarah, how, how do you, how did you decide this at launch darkly? Well, we, it's kind of a legacy decision for us. Um, the API docs are still on the old platform that we were using to host our product documentation. And our next step is to move it into something that's more homegrown because that'll work better. In terms of how you like strictly for, I couldn't tell if this question was about like, how do you actually formulate the URL of your doc site or like what service do you use or how do you publish it? I have found that people do more clicking into their browser bar and just typing launch darkly API than they do following a preset pattern. Um, and then eventually, if they access the URL enough, it gets captured in the browser history anyway. So um, I, I feel like that's marginally less important than um, making sure that your SEO and your marketing team is making sure to include like docs resources in all of the other SEO pushes that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a pretty accepted pattern. In terms of like how you host API docs, I think that answer varies heavily based on who's writing them and who you intend to have see them. So like, for example, Algolia's docs, I think, are sort of the best in class for docs that are accessible both both to developers and to people who are new to Algolia's platform. They have a great like try Algolia in 45 seconds interactive tutorial that lets you make API calls directly in the browser. It's beautiful. It's perfect. I love it. Other uh, websites that are more geared towards developers who have been using a platform for a long time are more sort of command F friendly, right? Where they're just like, they're just looking up the docs to find a resource and all you need to do is make an individual page as searchable as possible. Um, I'm trying to unmute myself. Yeah, I think that, you know, they're not the prettiest, but people use Java docs and they're used to them, you know, forever. So, I mean, if someone is familiar with Java docs, give them Java docs. There was a question asked during Sarah's talk. It's not specified, but I think it's for her. 
did you say what kind of documentation tool did you use before moving to Docs code approach? Oh yeah. Well, we migrated from. I didn't say this in the talk because I didn't want to like, you know, I I don't need to promote a tool that we didn't like very much. And I don't generally want to say negative things about other companies because like we're all doing our best. We used a third party tool that's a small company based in San Francisco. And we migrated from that to uh, Gatsby with no CMS on top, on top of it. So we're just writing directly down an MDX and the text editor. We debated using DocuSaurus, which I saw somebody mention in the chat. And I think the only reason that we ended up going with Gatsby instead is because a lot of the features that we ended up needing were in were in Gatsby already, and they were in the DocuSaurus 2.0 beta, which had been in beta for a really long time, and we didn't know when those features were going to be officially supported. So Gatsby's, Gatsby is where we landed. Thank you. I hope you heard the insights you've been looking for. This was the Q&A session that we captured. If you want to explore the full presentations from Sarah Day, Riley Siebel, and Mark Winberry, Look for the recap pages on apidocs.org. There you can also find information about the past and upcoming API The Docs presentations. Thank you for listening to the API The Docs podcast. Take good care and goodbye.